This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Okay, so right here is where I need a quick timeout. My cat just knocked a bunch of shit over. I gotta clean it up real quick. <laughs> but I, I wasn't gonna interrupt you uh, while you're doing the intro, and then I know exactly how to pick right back up. So, uh, gotcha. Hold on, just a moment. Yep. Hi. You okay? Okay, kitty, come here. Okay, here I am. Oh, sorry about that. No, no I problem. I am not professional today. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Damn cat. I, okay. I remember those cat days. We go to do something. <laughs> I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. And they just look at you like, oh, look They at look at thing. you as they slowly put their paw up and then knock the pop yep. off the off the table. So, okay. You introed yep. me. I can uh, pick it up in uh, three, two, one. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Screw the Drake. I love the Drake. This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice, and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake. Hi, this is James Tynan IV, and I love the Drake. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes the Drake, especially the cakes. Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, and everyone loves the Drake. Hi, this is Marcus Toe, artist for Red Robin. You've been listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves a Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 125. The show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin, who is celebrating 80 years this year. We're also associated with Batman on Films Podcast Network, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So between the BatmanUniverse.net, our primary home, and our good friends over at Batman Film, Batman on Film at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com, you can find us. Speaking of finding us, you can find us on all the social media outlets. But in case you don't know what those are, which I'm sure we all do, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. We have an Instagram page. You can email into the show at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. And we have a blog spot page that I, it is sorely needing to be updating. I think I'm like six episodes behind, but I'm going to rectify that. That's my resolution for 2021. Also, 
trying to figure out the cure for COVID, but we're not going to go there. Uh, but the Blogspot page can be found at everyonelovesthedrake.blogspot.com, and that will house this show and our sister show, Everyone Loves Young Justice. And we have a YouTube page that we're kind of using for some live things that we want to start doing in 2021 and to have some guests on and do some things that some of our other friends are doing on some of their shows. So kind of correlating or coordinating a little bit. So this is episode 125, and this is going to be our continuation for celebrating Robin, all Robin's 80th anniversary this year. And we're down to the month of November. So um, I'm really happy and proud of uh, the three of us, Terrence, Ryan, and myself, that we've been able to do this all year long and have had a whole slew of guests come in and out and have been picking some really cool and interesting things. Some things I was pretty sure some people were going to pick and then some picked some things that may not even been on the top of my list, but have been some really cool finds. So hopefully you've been enjoying this 80th anniversary coverage this year. Our special guest on this episode, um, I've been poaching this uh, host uh, guest on the show, and I thought, what would be the ultimate poach? I can just poach the host of the show. So the next guest that he's had on his show, I'm um, looking at you, Garrett Grev, and we've already been talking. <laughs> so uh, our, all kidding aside, our special guest today is a host of an amazing show that we're all big fans of, and I've been honored to be part of as well. Uh, that is the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. As we are recording this episode, he just released his 32nd episode of the show. It's a Q&A episode with our very own Ryan Haas. He is also a fellow Batman BOF member and contributor, making his first appearance on this show, the fantastic and gosh darn swell dude. You all know him. You love him. Mr. Ryan Lauer, spelled like lower. Dude, how are you doing today? Mr. Rob Myers, what an introduction. Thank you so much for having me on. It's so funny to think about we've been talking about this since uh, we recorded your appearance on my show way back in February. Wow, yeah. And then 2020 became what 2020 is, and it was just mm-hmm. madness. And you are extremely patient. You kept the uh, invite open. I, oh, yeah. I appreciate it very much. And you just mentioned Ryan Haas, and watch out. He is on your <laughs> heels now. He has three appearances on my show, the same number as you. So now it's a Ooh. race between you two who can... Who can leapfrog the other, you know, and drop right. into first place? <laughs> I feel I've known Haas well enough now that I feel like he's just going to trip me and then laugh uh, as I, I fall true. down. And it's not malicious. That's just that's just what you have to do. <laughs> no, it's malicious from him. <laughs> okay, who, who, who am I kidding? Kind yes. of guy. It's kind of guy he is. He's evil, right? No, but uh, thank you so much for letting me be on. This is a this is an honor. I like your show. It's fun. <laughs> Thanks. Ditto. 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 And I'm just gonna wax your boat here for a second. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, stop. But please, tell more about Yeah, tell more, me more, more about more. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you're not listening to the Batman Book Club, I, I mean, you're silly. And most podcasters say, well, after our show, like, seriously, stop this one right now and go over to the Batman Book Club and come back. Because, you know, we're friends. It's, it's going to be fine. But you... I think the the cool thing about your show is like our show is following. Okay, here's issue thirty three. Here's issue thirty four. You know, we're doing it more chronological, and we'll take little deviations like this. But you can have a guest say, "Hey, would you like to be on the show?" And they could literally pick anything, <laughs> and it may be something that you absolutely love, or somebody could say, "Hey, I want to do Batman and Son," and you're like, "Oh, okay, that wasn't exactly what I thought your first pick was going to be, Rob." But um, <laughs> just the the width and breadth of 
the Batman library. I mean, let's face it. Anybody that has a Batman comic book doesn't have one. They have like 300. And depending on your mood and how things, how you feel about stuff, you can find a story. So before I get into the Robin questions, what has been the book or the subject matter that somebody has picked that you went, wow, I didn't either A, didn't think they were going to pick that or was something that you were more like, huh? Like you wouldn't have read that in a million years if, if you thought about it the first one that hops to mind would be our mutual friend justin kowalski and he chose batman thrill killer it was it was an a book that i'd never heard of and which is really weird to me once i once i looked it up and i saw the style that of the art and stuff in the book i'm like oh this would have totally gotten my attention uh back in the day and but it was it was elseworlds and i did go through a spurt where i'm like no i want i want my batman like Mm-hmm. in Gotham and everything we know status quo that kind of Batman I don't want different takes and outside of the universe and so I think I just totally ab- abandoned that one and uh, like I don't know so that was almost like the biggest surprise to me and then maybe Bill Ramey the editor-in-chief of mm-hmm. Batman on film he chose Batman year 100 which was a book that I kind of actively avoided because I did not like the art yeah, and that, so I never yeah. read it. And then that for my show, that's it's Batman needs to play a key part. And then otherwise, everything is fair game. I'm not going to say, like, oh, I do, I've never read it. So I don't, it's like, no, then that works because it's going to get me to read a book. And guess what? Right. I ended up really liking Thrill Killer and I ended up really liking Batman Year 100. So even for myself, hopefully it does it for listeners that they give a book a chance and hunt it down and uh, read it. And then they at least have an opinion on the book. Maybe they don't right. like it, and that's fine. But if they do like it, then it's like, sweet. And it, it ends up working for me, the host, as well. Of Look at that. I got two new books added to my library that I'm going to revisit. So those two awesome. definitely pop up as, like, yeah, those two just stand out in, in that way. And most all of the others, like, there's a single issue <laughs> That damn Ryan Haas chose for the uh, the month of October of the Brave and the Bold number ninety three, and oh, yeah. I I'd never read that before that single issue, and I read that, and that one was pretty great. But uh, yeah, it's it's wide open range. It's fun for me. It's fun for hopefully <laughs> the guests who come on. Um, and that's just it was a way to do. I think in my mind was if I try to play topical with stuff, so if I try to do like weekly, the new issue that comes out, then that doesn't have a, a long shelf, like shelf life. Cause some people yeah. might just be like, you know what? I already read it or I haven't read it yet. So man, I'm good. Whereas like these are kind of like evergreen episodes and they're contained right. into one episode. So you can listen to it now, listen to it in four months. You're like, I don't want to listen to podcasts right now. That's fine. It'll be there for you. Uh, when you, when you are ready to, when you read a book. So, that was just kind of my approach, and it, I don't think it was anything that was completely original or like, man, Ryan cracked the code in Batman podcasting <laughs> or anything like that. But it was a, an idea of something that I wanted to do, which was obviously reason number one. And then I hadn't delved into many podcasts that were doing something like that consistently. Like other Batman podcasts were – you know, like Holy Batcast, it kind of covers, you know, it covers movies, TV shows, other members of the DC universe. Right. Um, the Drake follows 
Robin specifically. And so it's like the th- the Batman on film is touching on Batman on film, you know, and stuff. So I'm like, okay, it's hitting that area, that area, that area. What about this specific area? I'm like, you know, what? I'll just try it. So I'm rambling now, but that's kind of that was my <laughs> mindset behind uh, behind all that. And then yeah, you totally threw me for a loop for uh, Batman and Son. <laughs> I know, you know, I I don't know to be honest. I'm gonna tell myself I didn't know entirely what the purpose of the show was initially when you had asked like mm-hmm. okay let's go through a library so i thought well i'm gonna pick something i haven't read so i originally was going to go through like when ollie's had this gigantic sale where terrence and ryan and i bought all of these books i'm like this is an excuse to read a book that i bought and that's what i was going to do and i think i was going to think i originally told you i was going to pick like a Inglehart and rogers you know version like tarine you're like oh hey that's cool and then I thought, why well, to do Lonely Place? Nah, mm-hmm. that, that's what he's expecting. So I'll, I'll go with the opposite of pick Batman and Son. Your reaction was like, okay, it's not what I expected. And so you have the greatest Ollies in the United States of America. <sighs> yeah, mine used to be, and it got like I spent some I spent some dough early on when it had started, but it still wasn't getting the books that you have found there. Like even the best books I'd found there were not the the books that you find at yours so and it's um, been in the last couple a couple of years when the when the big huge dc thing was out pretty much you know terrence and ryan are in north carolina so they were finding most of the same stuff there was that norm bray fogel hardcover that i i couldn't track down anywhere around me but essentially we were finding the same thing it's only been recently in the last year or so where i found the absolute of the kevin smith green arrow and i found the absolute mm. of uh superman for tomorrow with azarello and jim lee and then i found the black and white uh noir for long halloween and i was like i almost didn't text you thinking i he has to have this so when you said you don't i was like and there happened to be only two copies left at that and then i went to another one and they had like 45 so <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh all right. Oh, great. Uh, well, cool. That that is uh, much appreciated. The Long Halloween Noir. Yeah. And now it's maybe even like, well, now I've got to have the Dark Victory Noir, you know. And okay, <laughs> Killing Joke. And okay, this one. That's <laughs> it's, so it's a slippery slope, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the monster you've created, Rob. Yeah. Uh, well, and the last thing I'll say about picking things up that we already have, I have right here. The hardcover from Barnes and Noble for Three Jokers that you mm. know the last episode I was on of your mm. show. So going back through and flipping this, and this has the uh, lithographs that look really cool of uh, issues one, two, and three of the main Jokers. So, and so now I look at this and go, "Hey, this is that event that we were doing," and I can remember you know your show and just how excited we were that all these issues come out and bam, the hardcover is out like a couple weeks after that. Just crazy! What a year. I'm going to be honest, and I think you and I crushed that episode. I'm just saying. I think we did a really good job. So Yeah. Not, not one, two. Like, okay, you pat my back, I'll pat your back. Because it seems weird if I pat my own back and you pat your own back. Nope. I'm all about embrace yourself. I'm all about <laughs> me tooting my own horn. Doot, doot. Do That's all, right. Why not? I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm my own best friend. I'm a mom. That's right. Yeah. Well... Let's switch gears. And speaking of biggest fans, so the usually the big, the first big question that I want to ask the guests that come on this show, and we're opening the door to all the Robins, so there's no wrong answer. Who is your favorite Robin? Dick Grayson. 
Nice. Which so, is funny because I was born in 86, 1986, and by the time I was able to comprehend things, Tim Drake had entered the picture. My first Batman in comics, Tim Drake was Robin. But I think the doing a backlog and then the TV series in the 60s and then the animated series, like that Dick Grayson just popped into my head and that just stuck with me. But I have mm-hmm. nothing against Tim Drake. I love Tim Drake. I think he's fantastic. But Dick I mean, I mean, in the same wheelhouse as far as Dick Grayson. I mean, I was born in 74, so I don't know. It's like the whole chicken or the egg thing. Was mm-hmm. it a book that I read or was it an animated thing? And I vividly remember, and I, I always butcher this up because of Batman, the, what is it? The new Batman Adventures. This mm-hmm. show in 77 was the new adventures of Batman. The, the two titles are so close. But that's the show that was voiced by Adam West and Burt Ward. And it was kind of a successor to a, a continuation of a 66 show. But that had Batmite in the show and Batgirl was part of it. Mm. But I remember watching that at my grandparents' house because they're for people that don't get this well, before you had cable you had tv antennas what <laughs> you know <laughs> what so but they had they were just a few houses down but for some reason they got really good reception on that so that was my first introduction and like the you had the super friends so dick grayson was my robin for a very long time but by the time i started picking up comics for the first time, Dick Grayson was long gone. He was Nightwing. I still didn't know who this Nightwing person was, and couldn't, my young mind couldn't connect the dots that that was Dick Grayson. So when I saw Robin, I thought, oh, that's just the Robin I've always known, and here it was this Jason Todd guy. And then what seemed like 30 seconds later, he was dead, and there was no Robin in the book. So I was eager to see a Robin in the book, and then you know, here comes Tim. But enough about me. The rest uh, so, is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Show born. So... Mm. I guess the the next question I have for you is the the popularity. Why why do you think Robin has endured for for eighty years? Where you know he's probably the third oldest superhero. You've got Superman, Batman, Robin, and then probably followed really close by Wonder Woman and a few others. Why why has Robin lasted eighty years in your estimation? He's just a good play off of Batman. The the intention. Of the creation of the character and the reasoning for why he was created, it still kind of holds up. Especially now when I think that Batman is almost like his stories are the darkest probably than they've ever been. Because the comic medium is allowing us to go push it further and further. He is a a bright spot for the Dark Knight. And I think people can always... Most of the time, it's not like 100% of the time success rate, but most of the time, people like seeing that opposition there, and there was one year that Batman was solo, and then it's been Batman and Robin ever since, and so people also like to stick with how things have always been. And, I mean, Batman and Robin are kind of a package deal now. I know there's a lot of people that are solo Batman only, but it's like... Okay, that's your preference. Most people recognize it's the dynamic duo. It's Batman and Robin. So I think there's just it always adds another layer to any Batman story if you bring in any of the Robins. Yeah. On both of them either taking down the criminals, solving the the mystery or something that is happening to Robin affects Batman and vice versa. So I I just kind of think you pick from 
any of those examples and throw it into a story. And it, it, it can most of the time be pretty successful, of course, as long as it's executed well. But right. uh, there, and especially with the variety of Robins that we have, each one, each one stands out and is very different from the other. Yeah. I think Dick and Tim are, I think, the most similar of all the Robins that we've had. But they're still pretty different, and they address like bring different things to the table when they're teamed up with Bruce or Batman. Yeah, and and the ways that they were brought into the story affects mm-hmm. Bruce differently too. And the last question I have is kind of the opposite. You were mentioning like solo Batman. Have Batman and Robin gotten to a part where they really no longer have to coexist with one another, or can they only do that for so long until? We've got to have the dynamic duo again. I want more dynamic duo again, but I don't want it to be Bruce, Batman, and Damian Robin. <laughs> I want <laughs> Ditto. Br- Bruce and Dick or Bruce and Tim. Uh, I th- I think that yeah. we are in a state right now that they can exist on their own. And yeah. more often than not, they kind of are, I believe. And a lot of the detective and Batman issues every single month it's i mean i don't it's not a batman and robin adventure so i mean we've got plenty of examples of those in batman's 80 plus year history that we can dip back into sure but i don't know sometimes those are those are fun and if somebody wants to redo some origins like in batman earth one that jeff johns and gary frank do if they Mm -hmm. want to introduce robin and do it and be like oh cool that'd be that'd be cool almost like a their early years together but in a brand new story something like that i almost think that year three oh almost begged year three i I get my years mixed up (laughs) i think gary frank and jeff johns their next version of that book almost begs for them to okay you've done two two batmans like Throw in a, a a Dick Grayson and give and do what you did with, you know, give it give us an Earth One Robin it with that Batman. I think would be really interesting with what the groundwork they've laid out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of eighty years, one of the actually the main criteria for this episode for all of my guests are pick a Robin, a pick anything in the Batman universe could be a book, a magazine, a back of a cereal box that you read as a kid back in the seventies or whatever movie film doesn't matter. As long as it has a Robin in it, excluding John Blake, I would have accepted John Blake, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Haas. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I like John Blake. Anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There you go. And off. That's the end of the show folks. So that, that, that was the only criteria. So what, did you pick today, sir? And why did you pick it? I chose Robin's Reckoning, uh, the two-part Batman the Animated Series. And I chose that because this Dick Grayson is my favorite interpretation of Dick Grayson slash Robin out of anything that I have encountered with the character. I just, I know he's an older, he's college boy Dick Grayson in this. He's not the young, you know, the teen wonder, the boy wonder. Mm. But it's – I like the relationship of the of the two characters in this series and I – like, oh, this is just – if somebody says D- Dick Grayson Robin, this is what I – my mind instantly goes to. And so to me, it was it was kind of a no-brainer too when I said, well, that's kind of my favorite. And, was like, and you'd said, oh, OK, well, we can, we can do that then. And then Robin's Reckoning instantly – it's an origin story, but it's not a linear – 
origin story to where the very last shot is Robin as Robin. It's like, no, it's sprinkled. It's a greatly told version of mm-hmm. we get the present and then we dip back to the origin, back to the present and just the we get Robin in his prime and also his beginning. And so I just, I, ugh, I love it. And it's Batman the Animated Series. And this episode actually spurred this show even becoming a show that uh, Donovan Morgan Grant, who's part of the Batman universe, and I can't remember how Terrence got involved, but I was doing action figure reviews for the Batman universe for a while. So being just much like in BOF, there was a mass email that went out and said, hey, we're going to do a commentary track for Robin's Reckoning, who wants to be a part of it? And I instantly jumped at it. And doing that episode and hearing it released on the Batman universe, I was like, I like this podcasting thing. I, I wonder if I could do something like that. So that's where the seeds started for doing podcasting. Terrence had invited me on Batman or Batman on film, excuse me, uh, Bat fans podcast that he had just joined. So I did that for about two, two years, I think with Terrence and he left shortly after. And then I start thinking like, I just want to do a, a, a Tim Drake show. So this episode, like a, I, I loved it when it very first came out. And this is where I got my, my podcasting feet planted. I recently listened to that episode and I was like, Oh my gosh, I am so green on, on that episode. I think I had a video game headset <laughs> and I was watching it on TV and I had the sound muted turned in the, closed caption on and I was on my wife's iPad. It was like, not with all the stuff that I've got right now to do the podcast. I was like, how anybody followed me after this is beyond (laughs) (laughs) amazing. Um, I did want to read a couple little factoids about this episode. I'm going to pull this from Wikipedia. It says, Robin's Wrecking is a two-part and critically acclaimed Batman the Animated Series episode. The episode originally aired on February 7th, three days before my birthday, and the 14th. 1993, so I graduated high school in 93, so being a senior in high school watching this, I remember my girlfriend going, we're going to watch a Batman cartoon? And I was like, yes. <laughs> She's like, okay. And you looked at her it. and you said, we will not have a future. We will not have a future. <laughs> and is she my wife today? No. That's right. <laughs> Get her out of here. You don't need that negativity, Rob. Mike. That's right. Get. <laughs> the series earned a primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program for programming one hour or less and is considered one of the best episodes of the series. And I just saw it down here at the bottom. IGN a few years ago ranked all of the episodes from the Batman Animated Series, and this ranked third in their top ten best of the Batman Animated mm. Series, and you know rightfully so. And I don't have the list here, but I think the first one... Uh, the number one spot goes to uh, the freeze episode. I'm blanking yeah. on it. Um, Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice, yes. That's a crab favorite. Well, no, you're a Robin expert. So <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. It's okay. And it's funny with this being a two part episode that, you know, episode one got the Emmy Award, but I was like, not episode two, but, yeah. you know, for there must have been something else for when that came out or they just consider this, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's one. We're just giving it to the, the first episode, even though it ties it together. Yeah. Um, some other notable things maybe we'll mention during the show, but Thomas F. Wilson, Biff Tannen, voices mm. Tony Zuko and is uncredited as John Grayson in the episode. Oh, excellent. So there's some uh, little factoids. This is uh, episode 33 and 30, or excuse me, 32 and 33 of the show. So 
Ryan and I are both watching this on Vudu. Our counters are set at zero 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 zero. All that, and I like to do this lethal weapon style. We'll go three, two, one, and play. So, cue up your DVDs, your Blu-rays, or that beautiful box set if you have that, or if you've got your digital service, go for that as well. Mr. Lauer, are you yeah. ready to start the show? I am. All right, here we go. Three, two. One play. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that, I, don't, I don't care how many. First of all, I love the Red Sky. I, I don't know what it is about the Red Sky in Gotham City. I think it works so well for the mm-hmm. show, but I don't care how many times I hear this theme song. It it never gets old. There's never no. a part where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to fast forward. I've heard the Elfman theme a million times. No, I listen every single time. I there have been sometimes I will admit that I have skipped through the credits and then I feel like I need to pull my fan card. <laughs> what am I thinking? Really, I can't sit for a minute through this awesome opening. Oh my gosh! Like name a better credit sequence. I dare yeah. you. And the title of the show isn't even on here. Like later on in the seasons, they would do uh, the Adventures of Batman and Robin. The, Batman mm-hmm. Superman hour, but early on they were like, Aren't you gonna put the title card? And they're like, No. It's you got everything you need. And I love these slides that they would use um throughout the series. hmm And yeah, these title cards are delicious. Yeah, I said delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that this takes the nineteen forties uh, origin for Robin and really kind of folds it into its own thing but it's mm-hmm. it's still very much faithful i think i like his his quippiness is also great and like the episode starts and he says something like man i would i should have brought my homework like there's just something of his delivery even if he's almost kind of complaining like he's getting batman to smirk and stuff like <laughs> his lines they're not annoying and it's not delivered like a whiny a whininess and like it's just that's just why I like this version so much. It's just, and I think maybe because it's a, it's an adult, yeah, uh, voice actor too, which nothing nothing against kids, but everything against kids. And the <laughs> the Robins that have been voiced, the Damien especially, in in these DC animated movies, mm-hmm. like oh, it's it's just kind of like oh, this is nails on a chalkboard to me. And uh, eh. you believe it? I mean, where everybody says, you know, when you read comic. Batman comic books, who's the voice of Batman that you hear? And everybody goes, oh, Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. I still hear Lauren Lester as Robin. Even when I'm reading Tim Drake, and it's very easy to think that because he's wearing essentially Tim Drake's costume. But I just love Lauren Lester's delivery and everything. Like you said, it yep. doesn't sound bratty. It just sounds it sounds right. Yep, exactly. Which made it all the more disappointing when they did the Batman and Harley Quinn movie from a couple of years ago and Lauren Lester came back and I'm not a fan of that movie. It has its fans and that's fine. Me, it's not, not my thing. I love this shot or this sequence on the, you know, rafters and the girders and all that. Yeah. It's a good starter. Of, of, I mean, it, not that I, I can't remember the very first time I saw this. Uh, it was much different for me. I was not in high school when this first aired. Mm. I was in, uh, let's see, second grade? 
Something like that. <laughs> Not trying to make you feel old, Rob Myers, but uh, back the, in my day, yeah, back in my day, <laughs> th- this series was what the '60s series was for, like my parents and the the generation above us. Yeah, and how they had to run home from school because Batman was on. Well, this was my version of that. I need to hurry up and get home because Batman's on it on Fox Kids in the afternoon. You know, that's when mm-hmm. I was able to watch it. But. I mean, so far there here, was, it's like Robin's origin. What they're fighting on on steel beams. Okay, yeah, and and everything just looks. I mean, the whole series just looks immaculate all the way. The way they were using like the the black paper, the black backgrounds, and then colored over top of it just gives it a real depth and everything to mm-hmm. it. But you talk about you know Batmania with the '89 movie. I felt like there was a little version of that with the animated series, but it was more. Of a slow burn, you know, people, you know, all all walks of life were kind of like, well, yeah, I watch Batman cartoons. And then once you found out somebody else watches this, I felt like I was living in my own bubble back in 93 where we really didn't have the internet and stuff like that mm-hmm. to be able to communicate. I could... I could have put like 15 of my friends in high school and I could have asked all of them and none of them would have said, even if they did watch this, no one would have admitted it until things start progressing where you start finding more and more people that were like, oh my gosh, th- this is my Batman. This is my my version of the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, we're getting there and we've made progress in the sense of the general audience doesn't just see cartoons as it's only for kids, but it's still there. Uh, this, I think this cartoon really helped elevate that. No, it's not like some dumb bright colors distraction for kids because it's, it's a series that's not talking down to kids, but not talking like children for adults. So it's like a universal. And I mean, it's, it's very dramatic. Like this two parter right here, like, this is a cartoon that was on like after school for kids in Fox's animation block. Like what? And it's, it's like a very, you know, it's kind of, it's a deep story. It's a very dramatic story right here. Like right now is, as we're seeing, it's like an open up with an action sequence of these bad guys, but it's like it, it builds into, you know, the rest of the episode, the rest of the story. It's like, it's not just a throwaway action opener. Well, and we're seeing some very, you know, typical tropes for Batman of just as we've been talking over the, the intro of the show of Batman. hears something that he's not going to tell Robin mm-hmm. what it is, tells him to go get to the Batmobile and then grabs the, the crook that's swinging from the, the wrecking ball and says, it's just you, me and 30 stories. You're going to tell me exactly what I want. Yeah. And this yeah. has probably happened a million times between the two of them. And now that we have an older Dick Grayson as Robin, he's kind of come into that point of he's done this over and over again. Why is he holding something back from me? And he's old enough now to know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, that tells a good, it shows a good mistake on Batman's part of, He's, and I think it's kind of relatable, too, of holding back the truths because you're trying to protect somebody. But in The Dark Knight Rises, how Alfred even says it's time to we stop trying to outsmart the truth and let the truth have its day. Or have, yeah. it, st- have it stay or have it stay. I don't know. Alfred, I can't yeah. tell because of your accent. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a like that's a lesson that all of us, I think, have to learn that like 
wouldn't you rather the ugly truth than the pretty lie? And like, we should know the ugly truth. And here, look at it ends up, Dick ends up finding out on his own anyway. And yeah. so I think it has a good basis for future stories and stories that came before this, I'm sure in the comics and stuff of like, I think in, in Hush even, uh, that I just recently released for my show, <laughs> plug the mm. Batman book club. Uh, <laughs> he even makes like a quick, there's a quick line in there about that of like, Dick has earned that right. And like asking questions or talking to him a certain way. And it's like, that's another, that's another element of their relationship that I just really, really like too, is like Dick talks to him a way that nobody else does, but it's not disrespectful. It's almost like on such an equal level, you know? And I think this, this episode is a good introduction of how they can get to that um, get to that level too. So something I wanted to bring up when I had Javi on the show and he was on yours, uh, doing Batman year three, which I love that it's, and I've said before, uh, death in the family year three and lonely place of dying should be collected together as, as yes. one complete, one complete story. But I covered year three. It was the very first thing on this podcast. And, a bit of like Batman lore that I don't think gets looked at during this time as we're looking at, you know, Haley's circus here is Bruce is in attendance later on in this episode. And we've seen it in, you know, year three, the like, why would Bruce Wayne decide to be there in his earliest stages of his crime fighting career that mm-hmm. you would think we got a circus coming to town. We have all these potential things, you know, riffraff coming into Gotham city of all nights to be, patrolling as Batman, the circus should be it. He could have had Lucius Fox or whoever in the circus. So who is the one person that could probably convince Bruce you need to be at the circus? It's Alfred. Mm -hmm. So Bruce realizes, you know, seeing the death of the Graysons that we'll see in a little bit that I'm gleaming this just from my own, you know, fan fiction that I think it's kind of underlined is I think Alfred feels just as guilty as Bruce does. Bruce would think if I was Batman, this wouldn't have happened to this kid. I'm bringing this kid in to the fold, so to speak. And I think that's why Alfred always has this arm around all of the Robins. He also feels remotely responsible. So that's my mic drop for <laughs> why would why would Bruce be at the circus? I think it would be at the bequest of Alfred. Like, hey, you've... You've got to get back some of that life. I think there might have been a time with Alfred, like, all right, I'm going to let you do this Batman thing, but eventually you're worth more and better to Gotham City with your paycheck than you are your fists and your body. You see, I don't know, because I definitely prefer the Bruce's with the woman and says, I need to get you out of those clothes and into a dress. <laughs> Tell me, do you like the circus? <laughs> Thank you, Batman Forever. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, but that one, I mean, at least that movie, it did, it stuck to the origin, you know, for the bullet points. Yes, they switched out some things like Tony Zuko and everything for for Two-Face and and all that, but they got some elements uh, that they pulled from the comics. Yeah. And here in this, like, they're they're retelling the origin, like, we've we've been watching of setting up Zuko on how... Uh, Zuko is not a good dude. So I think that's also how it's an interesting, the inclusion of Robin and his backstory and Bruce's reasoning for taking him under his wing. But it's also like, that's the difference though, is that 
I mean, pending the Batman story that you read is if Joe Chill, it was just like a desperate guy and it was just, oh, crap, I didn't mean to. It just happened. Or if he is an evil guy, uh, Zuko, I'm not seeing any interpretations that ever have him (laughs) as just like, oh, no, he was actually a really good guy. He was just having a bad day. It's like, no, this guy, this guy's a dick. Right, and yeah. the comic, it I mean, not the comic, I'm sorry, the series right here even is shown like, Zuko is a dick. <laughs> capital D. Yep, capital D. Maybe and even I capital is, ICK, I don't know. This is the classiest shot right here. Not, I think if this was on TV right now, we would be following the camera down to the circus mm-hmm. floor. They, sometimes not seeing is sometimes is worse than, you know, I guess that you, there were practice and standards for, you know, kids' cartoons, but to be able to imply that his parents were on the trapeze and now they're not, just that trapeze swinging back, I think says more than us seeing the, you never see the bodies. And the the music, the dramatic music, and then the Mm -hmm. the facial reactions, it's like, that is, it it really is just like in horror of it's scarier what you don't see. I mean, sometimes drama is almost like that same way. It's what you don't see because it's left up to you then. It's like yeah. what benefits would we have seen if the camera cuts, the shots cut down to them falling and hit the ground or anything like that. It's like we don't need to see that. And even if this was a mature series on HBO Max right now, it's like, no, I'd still say we didn't. We don't need to see it. And not because I'm some prude or don't watch anything violent. It's like, no, this just plays out really well and it's tasteful depiction of their their accent yeah. there's a little there's a little more elegance mm-hmm. to that and and your mind can fill in those blanks and you start getting emotion for the thing that you can't see do you think that the it's i want to say it's inevitable that in a live action batman movie dick grayson is or there's going to be robin maybe they're going to skip dick grayson whenever he comes back. i don't know but do you think the circus act is outdated may i mean with i keep saying haley circus uh ring and barn i can't sing ring and brothers <laughs> and barn that one yeah that <laughs> you one. you know they, they just closed their tents i think what five years ago now something like that so i think you could probably do a circus Olay type of a thing with yeah. it um maybe it, maybe you could do the uh turn him into a gymnast like mm-hmm. he is competing on um he and his family are part of you know a, an olympic usa team or or something like that and there's some type of accident to both of their parents in, in that but you've got to establish something for dick grayson unlike jason todd that would even make bruce depending on if he's 12 years old or 16 years old that this kid has some innate ability that he just can't be a street tough. I think that works for Jason because Bruce can go, Oh, I can, I can train this kid because I've already half done it with Dick already, but I think he needs to have some physical thing and, you know, maybe his parents get killed on the way to the, you know, the Olympics or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I know some, some arguments would be, well, in Titans, they they went that route, but they did it extremely, It was brief, very brief, right? To which you're also, I think, the Titans series is reaching a much smaller audience that's in that's much in in tune with Dick Grayson's origin and stuff, you know. Whereas a live action, theatrically released movie, that's reaching, you know, everybody. To where, 
I don't know, it might play out a little differently. So it would be interesting to see if Matt Reeves does something with that yeah. in his back. You would almost movies. have to treat it like Gotham City has a Vegas type of circuit going on. Mm-hmm. Like there is this aerialist show that they put on for back in the day when there used to be circuses type of thing. Mm-hmm. Matches Malone. Yeah. We all love matches, right? That's right. Lucky five. I like it. The Z man. I like how Kevin Conroy always he drastically changes his uh his voice tone for matches too. It's like, oh, hey <laughs> It's almost like <laughs> let's go Fonzie with it a little bit. <laughs> or he could turn to Tony Danza, hey yo, oh way. I sound more like Peter Vera than I do Tony Danza, sorry. <laughs> Jersey's finest. <laughs> Detective Smith. Every time I see that, I'm like, "Ooh, is that Shotgun Smith from the Robin comic?" Which is a meaner, brasher Harvey Bullock. I like that little reveal of the uh, the bat logo. There he is. Boom, Batman. Gold. This is always my argument. Is Batman blue and gray, or is he black and gray in the animated series? Before you get to the new Batman adventures. See, everything... His So his cape and cowl are blue. Under, under the cape is black to me, and then gray. His mm-hmm. trunks are a little of mix. It's just all like pending the, pending the lighting. Yeah, but then I think that I just saw his cape underneath. It looked blue too. So I mean, what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> I can't say I have a preference. I I like so many versions that are the black and gray, and I like so many that are blue and gray. Mm-hmm. In live action, I don't know that I want to see a blue and gray though. I'll never know until I see it. Right. But and, and I've always said like to do it in live action, it would almost have to be like a a dark blue. Because I, I don't know if you could go straight up, you know, full full on Adam West. Even Adam West blue wasn't like Neil Adams blue. Yeah. Yep. Can, that sounds like a totally like yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's because I'm getting caught up in Batman's <laughs> detective work. <laughs> Which at this point, it's like it's strong storytelling because we're seeing the world's greatest detective doing his detective work of undercover as matches Malone and then it leads him to Stromwell and which is leading him to and you know it's like it's escalating and it's evolving the story's moving along we haven't seen Robin or Dick Grayson for a few minutes but it's like that's okay even people wanting to tune into Robin it's like Robin's still there in spirit because the point of all of this uh, investigating is on behalf of Robin right Getting smacked around, yeah. smack around Biff with newspapers. With <laughs> That's why I miss newspapers. <laughs> not, not for the reading, just the smackability yeah. with somebody. <laughs> well, now we don't have anything soft to whack each other with. It's like we've had we've had to grab like harder things. Which I don't even I don't even know what I'd. We're smacking I'm each other with iPads now <laughs> and Kindles. <laughs> it's a newspaper in theory, because right exactly. now we need the news. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five days of newspapers in this iPad. Okay, so. And uh, you don't see it very close, but he does have the big bat on his chest and the mm-hmm. pouch belt. 
instead of the yellow oval. One of one of my life's biggest regrets is that there was a belt, it was a leather belt, for sale at a store that had that was a bat belt, had little trinket pockets and everything, and I didn't buy it. And you can't ever get that time back. I can't. I've always look. I've looked it up ever since. And I've never found one. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, this thing was legit. And it wasn't like some $600 thing either. It was like, you know, 30 So yes, pricey for a like a high schooler. But like a high schooler making minimum wage is like, hey, <laughs> I worked all week to save up and buy a $30 Batman belt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed back in that scene where he took the belt off and he gave it to Alfred. He mm-hmm. still has the a yellow stripe on. Is that like, this is where the belt goes? <laughs> sure. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, this this is such a cool moment. Yeah. Like Bruce trying to find a way to relate. And, you know, the whole very reason that he became Batman is, you know, obviously to honor and avenge his parents, but to make sure something like this never happened to someone like him. And mm-hmm. here he is consoling somebody of a a similar incident that happened to him. Like how how deep and cutting that's got to be to Bruce and Kevin Conroy plays it so so well. Yeah, and I I think I love this because outside of Alfred, this is like the first person that Bruce is like being one hundred percent open and genuine with. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's like. I don't know, that's just good. It's just, it's good stuff, Rob. I fall into that part sometimes with really good stuff on my show that I'm covering. I'm like, it's just so cool. It's just so neat. Oh, it's so awesome. I'm like, come on, Ryan, <laughs> elevate it. Give some kind of a, a better description than that. Yeah. In an audio medium, I'm just going to say, it's good. It's it's one of my bestest. <laughs> yeah. Thank God this isn't video as you just watch me with my mouth open just going, oh, cool. But there's something about that scene between the two of them also. Now, it didn't at the time because it was beforehand. But as this episode ends, the it now it gives me like some dark victory vibes. Yeah. Specifically yeah, totally. the, the two-page back and forth between – what Dick's doing is exactly what Bruce did when Bruce was that age after his parents died and the black and white flashback and forward and stuff like that. Something about it just that's just what it, I it reminds me of. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of this episode, so not knowing how this is going to go here as as mine's firing up. So, if you've got your DVDs handy, you're going into the next one for your menu. Uh, We'll stop right here and we'll get ready to cue the next one up in just a second. Don't go anywhere, folks. Grab your bat microphone. It's time to start the show. Check out the Bat Pod with your host, Bill Beer. This was, cucumber this sandwiches. was an issue. <laughs> yes, have you ever had a cucumber sandwich? And his co-host, Joey Galvez. I mean, I like it, you know, cucumber water. Have you ever had that? It's so refreshing. It's, it's, Topic of the week. I really love the Michael Keaton Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. I thought you were going to mention Batman and Robin for a minute. <laughs> you know, George Clooney had 
you hello or character spotlights. The condiment king was a guy named Buddy Stanley, a, okay. a former stand-up comedian. But, you know, stump your co-host segments. Okay, where's your Batman card? Just go ahead and send that to me. Sorry, sorry. And we'll we'll rip bad. that up. <laughs> okay. You can find the Bad Pod on the nerdylegion.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, and we're now on Stitcher. The Bad Pod is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Network. We're a crime-fighting collective. It's the Bad Pod. What the blue bacon? All right, folks, welcome back. We're ready for the second part of Robin's Reckoning. So, like I said, this came out on the 7th of February, and did I say the 14th of February, I believe so? Yes, Valentine's Day. So this is the nice romantic episode that I, <laughs> if, she, if my girlfriend in high school thought it was silly that I was watching, you know, Batman the Animated Series on the 7th, there was no way in heck I watched this on Valentine's Day because I knew I was taking her out. So this was something I had recorded. And then I, that Saturday morning or whatever this was, I was eagerly, you know, okay, told my dad I want to watch TV. And once he saw what it was, he was like, oh, my gosh, you're watching cartoons. Aren't you in high school? Shush, Dad, it's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? Well, that's right. Who's got a podcast, Dad? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right, so if you've got everything queued up, we are, uh, Ryan and I are both at one second just because Voodoo says, hey, this is where you're going to start, so this is where we're starting. So we'll count down from three to one. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. So the theme music again. Don't you dare skip those credits. Don't skip it. Lower, finger (laughs) off. No, no, I can't. I won't do it. I won't do it. I've made that mistake too many times. Now, I will be honest, as the animated series goes along and they start changing the uh, format and go, hey, we're going to call this The Adventures of Batman and Robin, I did start to uh, like skip those. Like, oh, I'll fast forward through that. Because there just wasn't something like, it wasn't the Alfman you know, theme music, but you know, Shirley Walker would do a large chunk. She didn't do every single episode, but I think she conducted like 90 some percent and wrote you know probably the same percentage of the music as well there was a few here or there mm-hmm. but the i mean i i buy some of these for the the podcast as we're reading synopsis for issues i'll always put the animated series music underneath you know nine times out of ten or whatever we're reading so in we get- back when times were normal in uh i lived in chicago and commuted in chicago to work i would listen to music while sitting on the bus and reading, you know, reading a comic and I would always have music playing. And I, most of the time I'd choose the animated series soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. You know, I would go between some of the movie soundtracks and mm-hmm. one ironically that I listened to quite a bit and it may not be one of my favorite Batman, um, movies. I mean, not that I don't like it. Um, the Dark Knight, Rise, Dark Knight Rises soundtrack, I love that score. I mean, Hans Zimmer, you can't go wrong, mm-hmm. but the score is so, like, pulse-pounding, and um, it's, you know, final music as Bruce is going out over the, um, about to say the ocean, you know, the, the river or whatever that is. I mean, that's just some, like, heartbreaking, you know, yep. music. But, yeah, you can't go wrong with the animated series. Preach. So we Robin's just got part two. A rehash of everything that happened. 
So if you didn't pay attention to the first episode, now you're caught up. <laughs> yeah. Ryan and Rob talked over the whole darn thing. Yeah. Guys, shut up. <laughs> but now it's like we're kicking off with a bang here. Robin is on the move. Robin has entered the story in full force. Tracking engaged. This almost has like that Batman and Robin vibe where, you know, they're driving up the arm of the statue as crazy as that is. And Mm -hmm. Batman deactivates the red bird and Dick Grayson's like, (laughs) only in this case, Robin deactivates his own tracking. I, I tried to correlate to Batman and Robin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob, stop, please. So what is it with fencing and the rich? I don't know. I just took it as like, so... That's just what you do. I guess, Oh, great. I'm yeah. a multimillionaire. Crap. I got to take up fencing. <laughs> it's so fancy pants. And so I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'm never going to fence because I'm never going to be rich. <laughs> That's right. I mean, that plays a part in... Uh, what is it? Die Another Day, James Bond, where there's mm-hmm. this big fencing match that's going on. And they're the it's never appealing. No. no matter who the man is and how fit his body is in a, in a fencing suit. It's... Eh. <laughs> yeah. I want you to take this strap and I want you to run it right here. No. And then you can poke at each other, but you've got to do it daintily, I guess. Yeah. No, I just want to crack you upside the head, stab you in the heart and done, and collect my trophy and prize and go home. What's wrong with that? You just want to go play tackle football outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Midwest simpleton in me. Nah, let's just like, let's just fight. Let's just fight. That was a good punch. Redheaded uh, Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. A la year one. Technically, this would be year three, Rob. With how much, with how close he is always with, I mean, it's just like the, how does Lois not know Clark Superman? I mean, in a way, it's almost like how does Gordon not know Bruce's Batman? Yeah. I know this is a talking Robin, celebrating Robin, but especially at this instance of like where we're building toward of of Robin, it's like all the signs are there, but. Yeah. You just took this war that died at the circus. And yesterday I was on the rooftop with Batman and he had a 12 year old on the roof. Hmm. What? Hmm. Gee, what do you think? That's completely coincidence. Commissioner Gotham city is a big place. The thing I think this animated, like this outfit, Dick Grayson looks like one of the kids in, uh, I think it's the underdwellers or no, Mm. or, oh man. Shame on me that I'm not remembering. It's the oh yeah, yeah. the friends flashback. Two friends and the one like the trains coming. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Ryan Haas, where are you when I need you? Where is your lore? I know my Batman the Animated Series, but when like some of those that weren't my favorite, I'm not an expert on. And it's the it's the priest, right? Yes. On the train tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. not the Underdwellers. No. Again, Underdwellers does have kids on it, but this seems like yeah, those yeah. two kids, circa you know nineteen whatever. But yeah, he's he makes me think just like one. Makes me think him. That's all. And then this looks like a like the question is approaching him because at <laughs> first, cause it's, right? It's no lines drawn on the face. 
And apparently in Gotham City, a kid's by himself. Yep, you're going to get attacked by an adult. Yeah. But I love no the I love that all the the people are the lights go out and people are running. And it's kind of like Dick is seeing the the effect of Batman. Yeah. I think that's a really cool. That's not force feeding the audience to just see. It's done subtly of just like I mean, I guess it's not so I don't know how I want to describe. They're not telling you, "Hey, watch out. We need to run. Batman's here." It's you know, there's no dialogue. It's just you see them all scatter. Look up. It's Batman. There you go. This seems like the same chick that is with the first appearance of Bane. Mm-hmm. When she... Thorne's like assistant. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what's funny is that in my voodoo, because I have the... And I grab my, you know, the digital episodes, whatever. The frame shot was of her just by herself. Yeah. Robin's uh, Reckoning Part 2. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And and I almost didn't click on it because it you know, it came up um, to say oh when one ends does the next one roll over and it and it does and I was mm-hmm. like what episode is it pulling that's not the right episode because <laughs> I thought it was the Bane episode I'm like Voodoo you got it all out of whack yeah I no. did do I did a second <laughs> a second glance I was like hold on a second did I get the right one okay I, I kind of forgot that my... she was in this yeah same here and even when. You know, I saw her in the thumbnail, and I thought, oh, it is Robin's Reckoning, that I was like, well, when does this happen in the story? Yeah. Apparently, this is not a favorite episode of mine, as much as I claim it is. Yeah, I don't know anything. I told you, I'm a yeah. fraud. Yeah, I just, I just talk out my butt. Yep. It's working so far. <laughs> Fooling a lot of people until they listen to this. <laughs> well, that's a... So, right now, we're getting... Civilian Dick Grayson speaking to a, a a character that we've never heard of or seen before, and yet it's still like it's still adding to the episode, you know. And mm-hmm. that's how it's just like this team, this universe of Batman the animated series is such a a rich well to draw from because it's just like it's just such good storytelling. I say that it's one of my favorite shows, not as like. Well, yeah, one of my favorite cartoon shows. It's like, no, it's one of my favorite, favorite shows, period. Because yeah. these are just good storytellers. And we're watching a Batman series that's about Robin, and we're not seeing either one of them, and I'm still invested. And just like yeah. the, the IGN list that you'd read earlier, I, I don't have my list of top five or top ten episodes of this series, but this is in my top five for sure. And I, I can't say, like, part one is in my top five and part two is so I was like, no, to me, it's one. The two-part episodes, it's one. Because otherwise, it's just kind of, like, not fair. Uh, and it's definitely a top five for me. And I think in a in a different world, or maybe if the show, by the end of it, I think this would have been a, a two-part episode. Like, stay next for the second half of, you know, whatever. Yeah. That they would have used the full hour block to just play this as a, in its entirety. And I've always kind of wanted to see it presented like that. Like any of the two parters that are on here, just make it, make it one complete episode and let it be, you know, 45 minutes long instead of, you know, two 20 minute episodes. They had the VHS tapes and I had the, the one of Robin, uh, grown up. I had to go the sort. They were cheap at the store, but it's because they only had like two episodes on them. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Robin one had, both episodes and just one played right after the other, which is really funny that they only put two episodes on each one. And the yeah. Mr. Freeze one had Heart of Ice and 
uh, the Maxi Zeus episode. <laughs> oh yeah, and I was kind of like, right. okay, like, but that's an odd choice. Yeah, let's take a fan favorite and one that's like, what? <laughs> you do know there's another Mister Freeze episode, right? But okay, right, that's fine. Bruce does the right thing always. Save the innocent before. Save instead of sacrifice the innocent. Classic Batman. Yeah. And in this case, it's quite a uh, quite a cold swim down the banks of Gotham. And here, his cape is like black. black. Everything's black. Yeah. Black and I gray. Mean, granted, it's a flash flashback, but then just got a little bit of blue. But then it's all black again. So. If that's their nod to year one, I'm all for it. That's fine. Yeah. Yep, no yellow oval. Nope, big big pouch belt. Peter Vera would say, I hate this costume. No yellow oval. No yellow oval. I wonder what he thinks about the... Uh, one of my favorite Batman suits is the Batman Incorporated suit. I just... I love that suit to death. I like the idea that the emblem... Glows like we talked about in, you know, Three Jokers. But mm-hmm. I wonder for some people, like, okay, that's a bit much. He's got a flashlight on his chest. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I don't. I don't love the suit, but I do like the the lit up aspect. It's something that almost seems. And I, full disclosure, I have not read every single Batman comic. What? Why, why are you even doing your show, man? <sighs> I know. I know. But <laughs> that was like. It's almost like it's a concept that is that's been there all along and it finally was utilized. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Why didn't we think of that before? Yeah. And here's the, we're now at the reveal. Dick has gone back to the, and kind of how I said, save, not sacrifice the innocent. Uh, And Dick gave him some grief that like you had him, you had Zuko and you didn't get him. Why didn't you get him? And that's like a, that's a fun way to be like, that's almost like some audience members of like, why didn't you? And it gives us a moment to explain this is why he does what he does and how, why he is yeah. the man that he is. And then the full reveal in the cave is fun. Bruce's smile is cheesy, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Conroy, Kevin Conroy, I know you just did the voice acting for this, but could you get, could you smile a little bit betterly? <laughs> betterly? I can't even talk. <laughs> betterly. <laughs> betterly. Funny thing about Kevin Conroy, this is way off track, but, uh, Robin's investigating, so I'll fill this in while he's investigating. He, I cut a promo for my work and had to, or was for Cheers. Was watching a bunch of Cheers, and I got to the episode that Kevin Conroy's in. Oh yeah, he is young, and that guy is buff. Yeah, I mean he plays an athlete, but man, he is buff. I'm like, look at you, Kevin Conroy. You know he could have talk about in another world. He could have played a live action Batman at some point. Can you imagine in in that physique that he had hearing that Batman voice come out in a live action film? Yeah, that'd have been cool. I'm way behind. I didn't get to see him as Batman in the crossover uh, of last year. Not yet. I'm I'm trying to catch up to watch that at least because I want to be caught up before I dip in. I want to be caught up on Arrow at least. I know something that happens with Arrow. Um, but I want to catch up before I dip into those. Anyways, that's not either yeah. here nor there. But Tony Zuko is a mean man. And I like how they drew him. Like he is wigged mm-hmm. out. He you could tell he has not slept for days. He's freaking out. And that's one thing I liked about 
Adrian Romano's casting of all this. Mm-hmm. Until somebody told me that this was the actor that played Biff Tannen, I would not have guessed it. Yeah. Because there's very few actors that you listen to and go, okay, that's so-and-so. Yeah. But everybody, they, they cast the voice and the style and the timbre rather than, okay, we're going to have this week's celebrity come in. Like, I think I knew it was Mark Hamill just because I was reading up on it. But if I had watched the episode first and then somebody told me, I would have went like, are you kidding me? Mark Hamill's the Joker. As a, as a kid, I was watching Star Wars and I was watching Batman. I never connected. Yeah. I think I, I really like, so first of all, I always just hear Conroy from Mask of the Phantasm, Andrea, whenever yeah. Andrea Romano, uh, I don't, I can't think of anything that she missed when it came to voice casting. No. Everybody is perfect. Uh, but he, for this, in every regard, sometimes it's great when a villain is a villain. So yes. year three, you talked about with Javi was on my show to talk about that. And I'd said with Zuko, it kind of gave a backstory to him, you know, and I'd asked him of like, you know, do you feel a little empathetic for him? Cause he had a rough life or does this not, you know, does this not bother you? And I think like Zuko is one too for, so for this series, for this, he's, he's a loose cannon and he's got some size to him. He, like he's looking out for himself and those those kind of people can be the worst ones cuz they mm-hmm. have no care for anybody else they don't care about anybody's life or anything they just need to get out and so that's desperation then you put a gun in his hand it's like oh crap uh but i like that we just we do not root for this guy at all no i didn't need to root for him or learn anything else about him it's just like no this is just a bad man and it works really well and i think if this was the 80s and I think it's funny that Batman is is sitting in the sitting duck game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if this was in the '80s, that this would have ended with Zuko going, "Oh, my home life is so bad, and this is why mm. I, I did the things that I did." That you leave the episode going, "Oh gosh, I really feel for that Tony Zuko. Hopefully, he can get the help he needs and can become." A reformed member of society. Like, you're like, no, this guy's a D-bag. He is going to oh. rot in hell, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, the Robin jump on the bridge. Yeah. To me, that's, that's iconic. Was. Yeah, I think that's great. That was incorporated later into the opening credits, I believe. Wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yep. I question it because I, I don't know. I've been known to be wrong in seeing what I want to see. And I think that was incorporated into the credits once it goes into the Batman and Robin adventures. Yeah. Okay. Or our, I think it's adventures. Matter of fact, I think it's like shot two of the sequence. Now I'm going to have to go back to the Blu-ray to find out. We see this, this episode is here to prove that we are not fans. <laughs> right. We don't know what we're talking Everybody about. Everybody listening. Suckers, suckers. Kidding. I'm going to make you waste an hour. <laughs> I like I like the the fun and this is the fun that they did in the cartoon that they could do it in a really eerie way of like some of the sets. Mm-hmm. And so this is at a uh, you know like a fair carnival that's that's shut shut down you know because it's at night so it's well at night it would be up and running so um, yeah I don't know why I it's wonder. not running but that could be that's a cool setting it could be really creepy in live action. Oh yeah, I wonder if this is 
you know, if you played the Arkham video games at all, uh-huh. is this a, a, this amusement mile that the Joker is running? So do you do you have you know Tony Zuko running around fighting Batman and Robin, and maybe secretly the Joker is watching this to be like, hey, nobody kills bats in my town. You know what? That's a good story. Waiting to be waiting to be told. See, start writing. Let me get my pen. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, an episode like this, it's like it, sometimes it's really easy. Okay, you got Zuko as the bad guy, but guess who's been behind it the whole entire time? It's the Penguin, or it's mm. the Riddler, or maybe it is the Joker. But the episode doesn't have to rely on that because, like we've been saying, good storytelling. Like, this is just a good story right from the beginning. Yep. And this is that, that moment of Bruce trying to keep a reason he's trying to keep this from, I said Tim from Dick is so Dick doesn't cross this line. Yep. Cause I think you know, Bruce would have known what, if I had found my parents killer, what I would have done with, yeah. well, I would have forgiven him on his deathbed is what I would have done. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I did do that. You know, and Dick's going to have to come to this realization on his own. Cause Batman can't come in and, save the day and in the condition that he's in. And I love that. That's how the episode, well, it's not ended yet, but it's like, that's the big, the big moment at the end is Dick's faced with that challenge. It's his, it's his biggest test. Mm-hmm. Is he going to become the thing that he swore to protect or protect against? I should say. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great like kind of switch too, that you had Bruce in this, withholding information because he was trying to kind of protect protect Dick, and then Dick in the way comes and kind of saves him, you know, towards yeah. the end. Batman was outnumbered; and, he was doing well because he's Batman. But I mean, you see it; he had to grab a board and set his leg in place, and uh, here comes Robin. Bam! And you, what a great line where. Robin says, "You know, how could you know how I feel? Screw you and your cold heart." And he has that realization of like. I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like you went through the same thing I did. Yep. Second smirk from Batman. Yep. You his know, smirks where... are better than his smiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batman, just don't smile, please. Yeah. Yeah, don't intimidating enough. Yep. And to see Batman get to his personal core is a real raw emotion is mm-hmm. like a series just does this so well i couldn't stand the thought that he might take you to <laughs> I, I hate this show i'm glad there's no video <laughs> yeah. ryan i hacked into your camera <laughs> <laughs> i'm not wearing pants <laughs> <laughs> Uh, delete. And a happy... <laughs> yes, please. Delete. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. And a happy ending. Oh, such a good show. Sunshine. Like, <laughs> yeah. The sun rises on another day. It, this is what's dangerous about the animated series. It's like eating a can of Pringles. Like, I'm not going to stop till I get to the bottom. <laughs> and now it's like... Once we're you gonna, pop, you can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> you know... You know, once we get off this call, Rob, what'd you do the rest of Saturday? I watched all the rest of the episodes of Batman, the animated yeah. series. We said just two, 
But come on, let's be <laughs> but serious. Come on. You can't expect me to stop. Right, this was a great choice, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I love it. And I, I, I'm trying to use words here, which I, at this point I, I can't use it all. But I think that's been the fun part about people picking um, just different things, be it a book or we've had a couple commentary tracks mm-hmm. uh, recently being a Batman 66 episode. Um, I did old wounds with Javi and then we did Batman, I think four sixteen as a, as a tandem episode. But, you know, having done two animated series episodes, there, there's a reason why in 1993, when I first saw this episode and in 2020, it still hits all the same marks. I'm not, looking at it 30 some odd years later or whatever, 20 some odd years later going, ah, it's not really holding up. Like each one of these, like the episodes that really didn't land for me, they aren't like necessarily bad episodes, Mm -hmm. but the great episodes like heart of ice and this and Joker's favor and all that stuff still really hold up today. And there's no like loss and like, Oh, it's not as great as I remember it. Like it, it still is equally as good. Like you said, it's it's a show. It took itself very seriously. It wasn't playing down to the audience. It it met them at a level, and it just stayed there. Yeah, I agree. And kind of like you said, with the, I mean, I will say Christmas with the Joker is my favorite episode of the animated series. But then I Robin's love, Reckonings love. are up there. The the Mad Hatter episode, uh, his basically his. His debut, uh, Riddler, yeah. the multiple Riddler ones. Like, there's a bunch of really good ones, but I too like to go dip into. I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched The Underdwellers in a while. It's not one of mm-hmm. my favorites, but give me something I'm not as familiar with. That way, I'm still dipping into the animated series, but it's kind of new still. Yeah. And uh, Batman in my basement, which people hate, and I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say that at that age, like when it debuted, I was at the age of like a little younger than those kids. So for me, it kind of was a cool idea of like, Oh my gosh, if I had Batman, what would I do? And then I'd have to be a hero and save him. Cause penguins breaking mm-hmm. it. Like now it's really silly, but the age, my age at the time I'm watching it. It's like, Oh my gosh. But yeah. to, to just echo again, like, like you'd said too, of like, Oh my gosh, such a good, a good two parter. Yeah. And you know, the, one of my favorites, I think I've said uh, before is a uh, growing pains. I, that Clayface Robin episode where the, girl that he's chasing is actually a a part of clay's face but has its own you know sentient being or or so to speak and the line that always gets me in that episode like what are we going to charge what are we going to charge him with and robin's like murder you know murder 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 Well, on that note... On the note of murder. On the note of murder. That's where we're going to end the show. I like it. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, Before I let you get out of here, where can people get a hold of you? And uh, what do you got going on? What's your your newest thing? It's a little preview. By the time this comes out, I'm sure your next episode will come up. But what's coming up on the uh, your show? Well, first, Rob Myers, let me say thank you very much for having me on. And even though you invited me nine months ago, finally (laughs) you kept that invitation open and allowed me to come back on. So I very much appreciate it. This has been fun and getting to talk to a Robin aficionado while I celebrate some of my favorite Robin Robin things. Awesome. So that being said, uh, you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC. 
Uh, same handle on Instagram. Uh, pretty new on the Instagram, but that's that's been that's been fun. I'm not familiar with Instagram, and yeah, I mean, the Batman Book Club on Twitter is 100% Batman. Me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer spelled like lower uh, is mostly Batman. Obviously, I'm kind of like a little bit more of a smartass and uh, <laughs> dip into some other topics uh, on that one, but. Let's see. So, yeah, you just mentioned uh, the fourth Q&A episode. Those are always fun because people just, I mean, who doesn't like to talk about Batman? And this is just where people are asking me random questions about Batman. So it's always fun to just answer. Like, oh, well, that's a cool question. How about this, 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 this? That that one just dropped at the time of this recording. I, I don't know when you plan on dropping this episode, Rob Myers. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure. This no this will no this will be the next episode. I'm actually just looking at a calendar whether this stays in the episode or not. Uh, the Young Justice will have its next episode, so this might be Wednesday, December second. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think Q and A just drops. I have Hush with a uh, Hush. fellow nerd, Chris Balgo, who's a very nice guy, a very smart guy. Uh, he came on, he returned to the show, and we we talked about all things Hush. And I think that episode will be out by the time this episode drops. If not, keep checking, because it's going to be right on the heels. Nice. Uh, and then all of October, if you if you haven't listened to the show at all, there's a good number of episodes. Like, we're in the 30s now that have covered random stories they're one and done it's not like you have to listen to five episodes to we keep everything in in one for the most part court of owls we got (laughs) crazy so that had to be split into two but october we did like a spooky month so kind of chose some halloween themed and like kind of scary themed uh, that was fitting for the time and then yeah november i did a joker week with rob myers and then peter vera did joker war and then i did uh, turtles week Oh, yeah. That was a highlight. The Batman TMNT Adventures, the comic book series, which I adore. Yeah, yeah. I adore it. I love it. I I reviewed it with Garrett Grev, Minnesota's Finest, and the uh, the creators, Matthew Manning, the writer, and John Samariva, the artist, got to interview each one of them separately awesome. in episodes for the show. And both of them were dreams. They were so awesome and gave so much information about the creative process, which I don't know how many like that stuff. I love that stuff. I love oh, knowing yeah. how comics are made from like the the birth of the idea into like proposing it and then the process of it coming out and then out like the reviews and such like that. I just love the whole process and yeah. Matt we had um a Marcus Toe on the show mm. um a few months back and he he did the same thing, took us through a, a process and I was like He's like, oh, you guys are probably bored by this. I was like, no, <laughs> please keep going in great detail. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I just, I love it. And there's just so much, and it just seems like, because I've done a few interviews uh, with some, with talent before, and they just love to talk about it too. They like talking about the process of it. Uh, and so that's just really cool. So both of them were open books, which is really great. And then I've got some episodes coming in December, including a Christmas episode. And in January... This was a thrill. I won't say who yet because I get scared because mm. the interviews haven't worked out. It, things were set up and then got canceled and it never got to go through before. So I'd like to usually I wait. I feel your pain, man. Okay. I feel your pain. And that's life. <laughs> life happens. I right, understand. Right. I'm not blaming anybody. It's just things happened. But right. there's a uh, there's a, a writer that reached out to me 
really? and said, hey, I've written some Batman stuff, and then gave me links to Comixology and Amazon, and I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. I know what you've done. And I'm like, you're reaching out to me? And so uh, I have it planned now that I'm going to interview this person. And uh, yeah, that will come to light when when it happens, and I know that it happened. Because I would nice. really hate... Because I could just look, you know, if I'd say now who it is, and then for whatever reason it doesn't happen, like pending who, it could look bad for either one of like, oh, Ryan screwed it up, or oh, that person's mean, or right, something. Right. It's like, no, 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 that's not it at all. So you know I how it been, is, you're a professional. Oh, I, I've been playing tag with Marv Wolfman for two years. <laughs> and, you know, it's in the, the first time that we, I mean, I've said this on the show before, he had taken a fall, I can't remember, sometime last year. And the week before we were going to do the interview scheduled is when he fell and had to cancel a lot of his Comic-Con appearances. And then he had just been so busy after that, we would set something up and it just, it, it just didn't happen for, for whatever reason. So yeah, life just gets in the way sometimes and it is what it is. And like he says, Oh, we'll circle back to it. So I'm like, all right, but the, the, the door's still open. We're, we're just circle, we're circling the airport. So you get back to him and you say, Hey, I've circled. Are you still circling? Cause I circled. Come on. Yeah. No, Oh, cool. Well, I think this is where we're going to end this episode. I want to give a big thanks to my host, Ryan Lauer, for coming on to the show, my friend. The door is always open here at the Drake House. I've made you a spare key, and we'll get you on a proper show, and we'll have you dive into a uh, a Robin book, and uh, we'll... uh, Maybe we'll go through that together with the the rest of the Drakes, Terrence and Ryan. That sounds awesome. I'd love to. Uh, Not not Ryan Haas, though. No, not not that. Get him out of here. No. We'll, we'll sub in Garrett or Pete or Eric. Oh, okay. So there we go. I've got to get Pete and Eric on the show yet, and I'm I'm running out of 80th anniversary time. And uh, Pete actually uh, was wanting to do a dark victory, and just like you said, was trying to schedule things. It just it, it it's not working out, and I'm like I'm in November, and I've only got a handful of yeah. episode spots left, so I'm going to have to come up with something to get Pete on the show again. But uh, well, this is where we're going to end this episode on the behalf of my wonderful guest, Ryan Lauer. I'm Rob Myers, and you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net. And more importantly, you've been listening to the 80th anniversary celebration of the greatest superhero ever, aside from Batman, Robin the Boy Wonder, <laughs> on Everyone Loves a Drake. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguin's lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. 
make sure you head over to the batmanuniverse.net your home for all things batman and robin thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the drake we'll see you in a few weeks take care <laughs>